Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Boldly Pursuing Podcast. I am your host, Caitlin Henderson. Here we have conversations with friends who are doing the things that God has called them to do in order to help encourage you to do the same thing. On today's podcast episode, we have my friend Landra Young-Hughes talking about her new book, Where Is God in This? Oh, guys, we touched on so many good things today. We talked about our expectations and when we get disappointed, when we put our worth and our value and what other people say about us instead of what God says about us. We talk about our disappointments from not getting our prayers answered the way we wanted. Just so many good things that I guarantee you probably every single one of us struggle with. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this conversation. There was so many good nuggets about just looking for God's goodness in our struggles. So here is my conversation with Landra. Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on. Yeah, we are so excited to have you. To get us started, for those that might not know you yet, do you want to give us a little introduction about you? Yes, I would absolutely love that. My name is Landra Young-Hughes. Um, I am the daughter of Pastor Ed and Lisa Young um, out of Fellowship Church in Grapevine, Texas. Um, I'm married to my husband, Brad, and we have three kids. Um, and the ages are five girl, two boy, and then nine months boy. So be in prayer for us. You're in the thick of it. it is- we're in the thick of it, yes. And then um, we serve um, on staff at our main campus. My husband and I both are pastors um, with my parents too as well. So, um, And then I've written my first book, A Different Kind of Love Story. And now I have my second book coming out called Where is God in This? Finding God's Goodness in the Midst of Our Struggles. So I'm super excited to be on and getting to talk about it. Yeah. So that's what we're going to be talking about today is your new book, Yay. Where is God in mm-hmm. This? I cannot wait yes. to dive into this with you. So You're sweet. <laughs> would you tell us why this book? Why now? Yes. So I wrote this book. This has been, gosh, a two-year process. Um, Often people ask me like, how long does it take to write a book? I'm like, it actually takes a very long time Mm -hmm. from like start to finish. It's crazy. And there's so many details that go into it. But I started the writing process. So I wrote my first book in... um, It came out and launched in February of 2020. So perfect timing, right? Right before the pandemic. Um, So literally, I... It was like the end of February and then bam, March happened, the pandemic happened. So that was my first book, my baby. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, now it's time to write another one. And I'm like, uh, what about my first one? Like, this is crazy. How am I supposed to write another one? But I really just spent time praying. I was like, God, I know that there's more, you know, that you want me to share. And I just, you know, want you to guide me in which way I should go. And so, um, from there, I kind of started the writing process for about a month. And then, um, we had a tragedy happen in our family. My older sister, um, Lee Beth tragically passed away at the age of 34 years old. Um, and that like completely rocked my world. Um, I was, it was so unexpected and from then on, I was just like, I, I can't, I can't write anymore. Like, I've got to stop. I've got to put pause. Like, this is not okay. Like, I need to take time. So, and everyone was super understanding on my team. And so 
I just took some time and then, um, a couple months went by and I just started to pray again. I was like, God, I know that through this, like you're going to use my pain. You're going to use the tragedy. You're going to use this grieving process for your good. And I, I just show me what I need to do. And so that's kind of where I started to pray and God revealed the title, where is God in this finding God's goodness in the midst of our struggles. And kind of what it means is everyone has a, this, everyone has something that they're walking through. And often so many times we can't figure out why God might have us in that season or why things happen to us, but we need to find God in the midst of our, this. And so I started the writing process and it truly was amazing to see God's hand on it all, um, kind of go from there. Yeah, I noticed when I opened the book, you started the book with, I'm not really okay. (laughs) And I was like, oh, this is refreshing. Like some honesty, you know? I mean, because like you said, we all have our this. None of us Mm -hmm. are just out here doing perfect, you know? And so it was like, all right, we're going straight in, which is, I think, very, very needed. You know, there's too many surface level... I'm fine. I've got it together. And it's like, no, we don't. We don't, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And this is kind of like a side tangent, but I was having this conversation the other day of when we pretend like we are okay when we're not, like, who is that winning to Christianity? Like, because people, exactly. people, people know we're faking it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I just am like, Life's we need more. Good all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, people come to Christianity, like, well, they say their life is like perfect and all together. And then they realize it's not. And they're like, well, I've been duped. <laughs> so, yes, it was exactly. Kind of a, a side conversation, but I was like, yes, here we go. We're going in. But you said something yes. that I really, really love too, going with it about feelings. And I am so glad you say this because I've said many times, like our feelings do not dictate God's truth. No, not at all. And I I feel like our feelings are up and down and I feel like God's truth and God's word is constant. So why would we base something on up and down versus constant, you know? Yeah. And I, I think just so often we take how we're feeling and it's just, it changes our perception of God and his character. We live, um... We live out on a farm, and I remember a couple years ago, I I don't remember even what was going on, but I was kind of in a hard season of struggling, and across the road from our house is a big field, and there's a bunch of trees in it, and that morning, it was really, really, really foggy, and I couldn't see the trees. Mm. Like, you couldn't see anything, and I mm. remember thinking, I can't see those trees, but I know they're still there, Like, and it was like mm. this light bulb moment of like, oh, my word, <laughs> like, Mm-hmm. Okay, like that was so great from God. Like, oh, those me not being able to see those trees didn't make them disappear. And I, so then I'm just exactly. like, that. I think so often that's that's kind of what we do with God when when our feelings kind of get in the way. Exactly, I love that. So talk to me. I was really interested. Um, you were talking about the first sin when. We fell, and you say the first sin wasn't the physical act of biting into the fruit. It was questioning God and His goodness. Will you talk about that a little yes. bit? Because I'm like, oh, we, we got to dive in there. Yeah, I think it's, uh, for me, this 
kind of hits home is so oftentimes, you know, even asking the question, where is God in this? That's truly like questioning God. And I, I go back, I actually talked about this recently in an interview, but um, someone kind of asked me like about doubting and like questioning God, like if that's okay. And I remember from a young age, I was always the one who probably, gosh, at my daughter's age was like, is God real? Like, why are we going to church? Like, is this whole thing real? And I come from a past, a prominent pastor's family. And so I remember my dad taking me in at night and me like asking him, like, how do I know Christianity is the right religion? And he's looking at me like, oh my gosh, Landra. <laughs> um, and he's probably like, oh gosh, you're going to be a mess. But he literally, I remember until this day, he set me down. He said, Landra, you are doubting right now and doubts are okay. It's okay to question God. But the most important thing is when we do that is to go lean on God's truth, His absolute truth, kind of what we touched on earlier. And so I think for me, whenever I've gone through different seasons of my life, in my first book, I kind of talked about, I had dealt with an eating disorder, gone through depression and anxiety. And I talk about addiction and my story with that and how the only way for me to overcome that was finding God's love for myself. Um, And so then coming to this and walking through this season of grief with losing my sister and betrayal and friendship and all the things I touch on, on my book, it's, you know, I've, question like, okay, God, where are you? Like, why is this happening to me at this point? And oftentimes, whenever I have those, I always have to turn back into God's word and say His truths about me. And so I think it's important to do that. It's okay to question. It's okay to have doubts. But what are we doing after we have those questions and doubts? Yeah. And I think it's really hard as Christians to reconcile living in a fallen world with betrayal Mm -hmm. and tragedy and all those things with a loving father. So what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that? Where do we start with that? Um, yeah, like I, the thing is, is we do live in a fallout world. Is sin is sin. And, you know, it's amazing to me. I think when I talked about in my first book is I really struggled with God's love. Like I was searching for everything on the outside, everything in society, trying to, you know, please others and trying to get on social media and please social media. And I'm literally looking like, okay, why am I not pleasing the one who created me? He loves me more than I could ever love myself. And he knit me together in my mother's womb and I need to get back to his love. And I think it all starts with like falling in love with your savior, having a relationship with him. And I think that goes into, you know, getting into your words, spending time in God's word in the morning or at night or whenever you have time to have a quiet time with God, because His love for us truly surpasses all of our understanding. And it's until we dig in, get a relationship with Him that that's going to be unveiled to us. Mm, That's good. I know you also talk about, I know this is huge for, I think every single one of of us has struggled with this about when we go to God and then our prayers aren't answered how we want. Mm. That's, I, I think it feels like sometimes we think maybe God's just, stopped caring altogether. Yes. So that is, these are all things that I'm like, I feel like every person has like asked these kind of questions, but um, I talk and here's the thing, like where is God in this is I do talk about grief and my sister, but there's so much more to it. Um, My husband and I have been in ministry, gosh, ever since we were dating. He's actually a pastor's kid. So I married a PK, mm-hmm. um, keeping it in the family. Um, but anyway, um, we were in ministry and we got asked to lead one of our church's campuses in Norman, Oklahoma, which is two and a half hours away from Great Mine, Texas, where we live. And so we had our daughter at the time, only one. She was just turned one years old. We had no family in Norman and 
we literally moved up there by ourselves. And I'm a family girl, so it was very hard for me to do that. And so I remember doing life and ministry up there and we took over a church and we had some issues happen in the church and a lot of people kind of turned their back on us. We're talking bad about us, all these things when we're over here like, okay, we're doing ministry. Like, why are these things happening to us? Like, why are we experiencing this in friendship? Why are we experiencing this with people? And it was a really tough time. I started to deal with a lot more of my anxiety and depression started coming back up. And my husband kind of just started to walk through some things. And I literally was like, God, why are we here? Like, why do you have us in this season of life? Like, this doesn't make sense. And like, why, why am I struggling? What, like, why, you know? And I asked that question so many times and it wasn't until God's timing on everything is perfect. He knows our plans before we can ever even imagine them. And it wasn't until when my sister passed away, we moved back to our Grapevine area and we started to do ministry at our main campus. And I truly believe that we do ministry different now and work with people differently because of what we walked through in our ministry in Oklahoma. And I literally had this aha moment. I was like, okay, God, like your timing is perfect. And I'm not God, or I'm not God, you are. And I don't have this control, but now I see your goodness. Now I see why you had us in that season. So it's so hard for us to grasp that perspective, but I know God is just looking down on us like, just wait, Landra, just wait. And I, I truly saw that. Yeah, I feel like you hear so many times when someone's going through a hard season, like those cliches of like, God's working it together and stuff. But And oh, then I know when you're in the middle of a hard season, that just like makes you angry, right? You're like, I don't yes. want to hear that. And then you get on the other side of the hard season. And I mean, I've been in the same spot. My husband and I went through um, a period of because of work, being separated for like eight months, basically. Mm. And I was home with our three little kids. And it was just Mm. like the hardest thing. And I was just like Mm. angry and lonely, which I know you have a lot of thoughts on loneliness that I'm going to have you talk about in a second. But now I was like, oh, seasons that came after that, I would not have been able to handle if I would not have been strengthened in that hard season. Like, okay, God did know what he was doing. (laughs) And I think it's important to like pray those prayers. Like God wants to hear our cries. Like God wants us to be real with Him. So it's important not to just pray like, oh, everything's good. Like I hope this and this. No, it's important to cry out to God in the midst of what we're walking through. And so I try to still do that to this day, to have real authentic prayers with God saying, God, I'm hurting. I'm broken. I don't understand why I'm in this season. And it's through that that I see His hand and His goodness um, come through. Mm -hmm. Hey friends, just taking a short break from our conversation to tell you about Verb Energy Bars. I have been loving Verb Energy Bars for literally years, and I know so many of you love them too. I have talked about them on Instagram several times, mostly because everyone wants better energy for the things that they need to do and the things that they want to do, whether that's early mornings with the kids or weekend projects. But too often we are caught tired and hungry and end up reaching for options that don't leave us satisfied. Verb bars have as much caffeine as a shot of espresso, but unlike coffee, you can keep them in your purse or your glove box or wherever you like for when that slump hits. They've also got a huge range of flavors like chocolate chip banana bread, s'mores, and key lime pie. 
My personal favorite is cookie butter. (laughs) Verb Bar's caffeine comes from green tea, so you get the energy without the crash. They are gluten-free, and they're just 90 calories each. So right now, you can get your summer starter kit and save more than $25. Verb's summer starter kit comes with one variety pack, one pack of key lime pie, one pack of s'mores, and that's 39 bars for just $39.85. So just over a dollar per bar, which is much cheaper than grabbing a latte. Verb bars have over 3,500 five-star reviews. And like I said, I have personally been loving these bars for years. I have stashes hidden all over the place. So you can just head to the link in the show notes below and snag your starter kit today. And now back to our conversation. Which I think so many times in hard seasons, I think one of the most awful feelings that we can feel is loneliness. And mm. I, will you talk about loneliness? Because I know you've got yes. thoughts on it. No, I think, I truly believe that loneliness is a real thing. Um, but I think that the enemy loves us to be lonely. He wants us to be separated from people. Um, and so, because I, I truly believe that breakthroughs happen when we're around people, when we start talking about what we're really walking through. And I believe too that like whenever I'm vulnerable and real with my friends, like amazing things start to begin to take place because then they're like, oh, well, I've dealt with the same thing. And you're like, really? I thought I was the only one. Mm -hmm. And so the enemy really likes to isolate us and to keep us apart from that because amazing things happen when we talk about what we're actually walking through. And we live in such a culture where that's like not happening. I mean, you go on social media and there's effects, there's filters on everything to make you look one way when you're really another. Mm -hmm. And you know, you're acting like you have your life together, perfect car, perfect kids, perfect house. And I'm over here like, um, you should see my hardwood floors. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, um, and so I think think there's, but it's really when you kind of just say, Hey, like I don't have it all together. And then, I mean, breakthroughs start to happen, but I believe that the enemy just comes and he wants you to be like, you're the only one that's ever dealt through this. You're the only one walking through your season. You're never going to get out of it, but it's when you kind of step out and you say, Hey, I'm, I'm dealing with this. Like, have you ever struggled with anything like that going to someone else? And they're like, yeah, I have. I'm actually walking through a similar season. And then you can lean on one another. But I think also the enemy likes to for us to isolate us from God, for us to think that God doesn't want to hear what we're really walking through. God doesn't want our shame, our guilt, our sin, when really He does. He wants all of that. He wants a relationship with us. And so, and with the relationship comes all the messy stuff and all the good stuff. So I um, I definitely am passionate about being lonely and isolation too as well. Yeah, I love that. And I've heard the saying before, like shame hides in the darkness. And when we bring it to mm. light, it loses its power over us. And I think, you know, when we keep those things in the dark for so long, they grow and grow and grow. Like they Mm. they don't just go away on their own normally. And Mm -hmm. it's, oh, it's so scary to be able to bring them into the light though, but you're you're completely right. And like, it's, it's amazing because there's been certain times in my life where I've been able to like open up to people and God uses certain people in your life in different seasons of your life too, as well. Mm -hmm. And you might not be able to think that friend's going to handle your, your junk or your funk, but really God has prepared them to walk alongside you in this season. So all you got to do is just kind of open up. Oh yeah. And I think a lot that comes with that is surrender, which feels like a really mm. scary word to a lot of us, but mm-hmm. I I mean surrender is very powerful. What what do you think? Mm. 
Oh, it's surrendering is so important too because you truly have to. Now I'm a control freak. Like mm-hmm. I, that's something I deal deal with daily. Like I love control. I love to know things. I love to know what's happening, and I have my plan. And if my plan doesn't go my way, I'm like, what is happening? And so um, I'm big on like control. And I really like through everything that I walked through with my eating disorder, I had to come to that point where I'm like, I can't do this on my own. Like I cannot, I've got to surrender everything I have my life completely over to the one who's created me. And I need someone to walk alongside of me. And it's once I surrendered, once I said, look, I have nothing else. I have nothing to give, but God, I know you are good and you are the creator of all things. And I need you to walk alongside me. I need you in my life to have a relationship with you. It wasn't until I fully surrendered that I feel like I could finally be free and be myself again. So I'm, I'm a firm believer of surrendering. Definitely. Yeah. Well, and you know, when it comes to surrender and all the things that we have to surrender, I know a big one for people is expectations, surrendering expectations Mm. of what, you know, we thought our life would look like or should Mm -hmm. look like maybe like, God, I'm a pretty Mm -hmm. good person. Why, why is this happening to me? Or just uh, where we are in our businesses or our ministries or Mm. whatever it might be. So where do our expectations meet surrender, I guess? Yeah. And it's, it's so funny that you say about expectation is because you have three, so you understand, but Whenever I, I love a clean house, like that is just something that takes my anxiety down like a hundred thousand notches. And I, when I had my first, I was like, I had a clean house, like it was good. And then I had my second, things got a little messier, but I still like had it clean. And then the third came and I'm like, I don't know how I can clean this dang house. Like as much as I did. And I remember some of my mom friends were like, Landry, you just need to lower your expectations. You don't need to have that mindset that everything has to be perfect, clean, and you have everything together. And I was like, oh, that's that clicked with me. You know, I was like, my expectations. And then I thought even more about it. How much do we do that with our relationship with Christ? Like, oh, I didn't pray for an hour this morning, or I wasn't doing this, this, and this, or I fell short on this. It's like, God doesn't like have this expect. He's not holding these expectations over your head. He just wants you to come as you are to Him. And it's ever when I do that, that I truly see breakthroughs start to happen. But I remember like vividly having that moment where I was like, oh, the same is true with my relationship with Christ. Like he doesn't expect those things from me. You know, he just expects me to love him and do those daily things like his word says. Oh, I relate to all of that. <laughs> all of it. The clean house. Yeah. Three kids. I, I'm just like, why? It's, I know. <laughs> like I could I'm clean like, all day. Catch up? Yes. yes, I am. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, you could literally clean all day. And then you're like, it doesn't look like I've done anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. My husband will come home and he's like, wait, were you home? I'm like, don't even say it. Do not even say it. I'm like, yes, I was home. And yes, I've cleaned five times, but it might not look like it. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. I get it. Um, okay. So talking about where is God in this and all these different things and surrender and expectations. Let's talk about in our disappointments and yeah, let's, let's focus on disappointments for a second. Where do we, Yeah, I mean, I know surrender and everything ties in, but trying to pick apart, you know, these different aspects of it. Yeah. I think people, um, especially people and different things like can always be, you know, disappointing to you. And I think it kind of ends up 
kind of goes back, just like you said, with expectations. Like what are your, what expectations are you putting so high that you are getting disappointing, you know? And so I think kind of when you lower those expectations, maybe you're not going to get as disappointed so much, but disappointment's going to happen naturally. Um, there's been so many times where I've been disappointed in people. I've been disappointed in friendships and I've been, Hey, maybe even disappointed in your spouse sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. but I, at the end of the day, I truly have to realize that, you know what, we're human. Disappointments are going to happen, but it's ultimately, you know, who I'm turning to at the end of the day, who I'm going to daily about those disappointments and being real with God in that. Yeah. And I also think we become disappointed in God sometimes when our prayers Mm -hmm. aren't answered how we want. And I look back at things I've prayed that, God said no, and I was disappointed. And now I'm like, oh, thank you for saying no to that. <laughs> like, I know. Oh my gosh. I remember being so disappointed that that didn't turn out like I wanted and being like, God, why? Mm. I really wanted this. Or, you know, and then now years later, you're like, oh, I am real glad that God is smarter I know, than I am. You're so thankful. Yes. I know you're so thankful for that. Yeah. I totally relate to that. Oh. So, what would you say to the person who is just, in the pit and struggling and doesn't even know where to start to get back with God where she wants to be. Yeah. I would say first and foremost that you're not alone. Like there are so many people that are walking through similar situations that you are. And that doesn't mean that your situation is not where it's at, but just know you're not alone in that. And you have a God who loves you and cares for you and wants the best for your life. And just, I want to encourage you to surrender that to Him. Truly, you know, praying that prayer of, look, I'm not God, you are, and I can't do this life alone. So come alongside me. I want a relationship with you and help me in this. And it's not going to be easy. There's going to be days where you're like, okay, God, where are you? I thought I, I thought you were with me here. But you've got to be intentional on praying those prayers every single day because what God is going to do through your struggle, He is going to use it for the good. And we just have to trust in Him in that. Mm, that's good. I also, I want to touch on this because I, I just read it in my notes. These are your words. Um, but mm. I was like, yes. Um, and so many people I know struggle with this. So when we're talking about all these things that we might struggle with, you said it's, you know, a lot of the times our problem is our tendency to depend on people for what we should mm. be getting from God. Mm-hmm. You know, we depend on people to affirm us, forgive us, love us, um, even define us. So mm. maybe touch on that for a second, because I think every single one of us can relate to that. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's something that I do on a daily basis. I mean, just flip on social media and get on your phone and you're relying on the likes and the clicks and, you know, the posts and all those things. And it's like, until we realize that that we're not going to take anything with us when we get to heaven. Like we, yeah. we're taking ourselves. And so what can we do to better ourselves? And that's building our relationship with Christ and not so focused on what other people are going to think because look, people are going to fail you. Like the enemy is on this earth and he only comes to steal, steal, kill and destroy. But the Bible says that God has come to bring life and live it to the fullest. And it's until we're living life with God, with our heavenly father, that we're truly going to be living life to the fullest. Oh, that's so good. Okay, well, Landra, tell me what other, if someone that reads this book, what is 
Yes. Another thing you would just love for them to walk away with. Yes. So I, I feel like I touch on so many things on my book, but just knowing, just like what I said earlier, that you're not alone. I truly believe that so many people think that they are alone in what they're walking through. And I am a pastor's kid. I'm on staff at a church. I have a beautiful family and I still am walking through so many different things. So just know it's a part of life. We live in a fallen world and it's until we get into heaven and live eternity with our Savior that things are going to go perfect. And with that, you're going to have trials, but it's important for us to lean on God in those trials and to be with Him always. Oh, that's so good. Okay. Well, tell everyone where they can find you, where they can get the book and all the good things. Yes, of course. You can find more information about myself. My Instagram is Landry Young Hughes. I also have a website, um, LandryYoungHughes.com. But you can buy this book. You can pre-order it right now on Amazon, which is so exciting. Um, And then October the 18th, it will be out at all of your local bookstores. So stay tuned. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for coming. Coming on today and chatting with us. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. It was so much fun. Friends, I hope that you loved this episode of the podcast. If you have been enjoying these episodes, it would be so, so helpful to us if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review. This is extremely helpful for new people being able to find the podcast, which allows us to keep producing these episodes that hopefully encourage you and bless you. And I hope that you are truly boldly pursuing where God has called you this week. Until next week, friends. See ya.